Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Akuo. We are kicking off our new series this week, which we are calling Build on Belief. And it's called Build on Belief because in the last series, we talked about the two things that Jesus called us to do. And that should be the foundation of everything in our lives. The first thing that we need to be doing and that's going to be our foundation is belief. Believe in Jesus and what he did while he was here on this earth. The next part is we believe in what he said, right? The, the things that he said, we want to believe in those things as well. And the thing that we have been called to do by Jesus through a new commandment is love. And now I get it. It sounds sappy, but that's what Jesus wanted us to do. He said it two different times over one meal with his disciples. Here's how the disciple John recorded those two exchanges. Jesus said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Then later in the same meal, Jesus also said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. So once we believe in Jesus, he wants us to remain in his love by following his commandments. And that's how we will begin to build on our belief. The most sturdy thing that we can build on is a belief in Jesus. Now, before we go any further with the message, let's just take a moment here to just stop and pray and just, just talk to Jesus right now. And so, so Jesus, we, we thank you for everything. We thank you for who you are and how you love us. Uh, we, we, we pray here right now, Lord, that as we are, we are diving into your life, as we are looking into the ways that you lived and uh, the ways that you would deal with your disciples, we pray that you would be speaking to us in the same way, Lord. We pray that we'd be able to hear your voice and, and see your movement in our lives. We thank you for everything, and we love you, and we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, lately, I have been getting into making coffee for myself at home. Like, and not just like, a, you know, in the machine, you just pour some stuff and pour some water. No, this is like the whole process, the pour over process, right? So I'll grind the beans, then I put everything on a scale and like measure it out. I gotta make sure that like I get 20 grams of coffee is what I'll end up using. And then while I'm measuring that out, I'll go and put uh, some my kettle on the, the burner to get that started. And I'll pour in uh, a measured 360 milliliters, but you can't like just pour it all in over the coffee at the same time. You start with getting the coffee wet and then you let it sit for like a minute. Apparently it's called letting it bloom. Now, when that minute is up, you're supposed to take your time pouring the rest of that 360 milliliters into the cup, you know, just like a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time and, and all that. Now, quick aside, I'm not sure if I'm doing this in the best way possible. I'm sure someone way more into coffee than me is like all fired up because you're like, no, you're doing it wrong. Like, guys, just don't at me. I'm, st I'm still learning, okay? I'm, I'm just trying to figure this out. But anyways, as you can tell, this is a pretty drawn out process. I'll get so focused on making the coffee that sometimes I'll like leave the cabinet where the coffee mugs are at, like wide open, right? Or, or where the coffee's kept, I'll, I'll just leave that cabinet open. Or other times I'll leave my water kettle and the, and the scale on the counter. Now I'm not gonna say that it happens all the time, but it happens regularly enough. So when my wife comes into the kitchen later in the day and sees a cabinet open and a scale out on the counter, she doesn't have to ask the kids who left their mess out. She doesn't have to ask anybody who made this mess. She already knows because she knows it was me. And she knows that because she has seen me do it before. 
And we see something kind of similar happen in what we will be studying through today. If you're interested in following along with us on your own, we will be in the biography of Jesus' life, authored by his friend and disciple John. And you can go ahead and follow along with us, uh, whether you have a, a hard copy Bible or you're looking at like a Bible app or something like that. So today we'll be in chapter 21. Now, before we can fully jump into this passage, I do want to give you all some context before we, we get into this. Last week, uh, we read through the Easter story. That's what we were studying through. We saw Jesus knowingly lay his life down and then come back to life. He resurrected. He met up with all the disciples to show them that he was back, that he defeated death. Jesus then breathed the Holy Spirit into them. And it was an amazing moment for everyone there because it was the moment that changed everything forever. Unfortunately, there was one disciple that wasn't there in that meeting. It was Thomas. And he missed out on the whole thing. Nobody knows what he was doing. He just wasn't there. Now, Thomas even told all the rest of the disciples that he wasn't going to believe that Jesus came back until he saw it with his own eyes and placed his fingers in the nail wounds in Jesus' hands and the wound in his side. And eight days later, Jesus showed up again. Jesus showed Thomas his hands, then asked Thomas to touch them, then did the same thing with the, 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 his side. Then Jesus told him that he was there to help him believe. They did uh, the, the way that we can tell is that after Jesus died on the cross, they all scattered, right? And, and they didn't want to be seen with each other because they knew what would be next, that they would be next. And after Jesus didn't come back, they didn't care. They, they got back together. But there was one issue. They really didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. They hadn't been given like specific leadership in this. Jesus left that hole there. So here, we we're about to pick up in Jesus' biography authored by John. We are going to see Peter... John, Thomas, and four other disciples going fishing because what else are they going to do right now? So let's take a look to see what John had to write about this. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. So here are the disciples, seasoned fishermen that are back on the water, and it's, it's dawn, right? And most fishermen of their experience knew that if they hadn't caught anything by the time the sun was coming up, they probably weren't going to catch much of anything that day. And these guys are looking at a night that was wasted, a night of frustration, a night where they didn't know where to find the fish, where, the right place and to, to get some fish. But there's a voice from the shore. And it's Jesus, but the disciples don't recognize him. Probably in the same way that Mary didn't recognize him uh, as she was walking out of the, the tomb. So Jesus gives them some helpful advice. Try your net on the other side. And at this point, I would imagine that Peter's ears probably perked up a little bit because he had seen something like this before. Let's see what the historian Luke had to say about the earlier situation out on the water between Jesus and Peter, as he was getting called. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, 
Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon Peter replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time the nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. So when they throw their net in the water and they come up with a net full of fish, I can't even begin to imagine what Peter is feeling, right? Because he's like, I've, I've seen this one before. He hadn't been so fired up because Jesus was back to hang out with him again. He didn't need Jesus to let them know who he was, right? He, Peter already knew just by what had happened. In the same way, when my wife walks in the kitchen and, and, and sees that coffee mess, she knows who did it. Peter knew what was happening in that moment. So let's go back to John's account to see exactly what Peter does with all this excitement. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to shore. The other stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net had not torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. All right, there's a bunch of stuff to look at right here. First, Peter is so excited to go see Jesus that he can't even wait for the boat to get to shore. So he does like a hundred yard freestyle over to Jesus as fast as he can in all of his clothes. Then when Peter gets there, Jesus is waiting with toast and fish for some breakfast on the beach. And Jesus is still serving, right? Still loving, even in the resurrection. He is loving with humility, which is what he was doing as he was washing their feet in the last, at the Last Supper. Which, by the way, how good do you think that breakfast was? I mean, it had to have been amazing. Breakfast from Jesus. I, I mean, I don't even like fish that much, and I'd be excited about that meal. Peter was eating that breakfast, still dripping wet from jumping in the water, using the fire and Jesus' company to keep him warm. I mean, I get it. Peter was excited to see Jesus. I mean, remember, they were having a tough night, a night of frustration, a night where they don't catch anything. If you've ever been fishing before and been out there for hours and not caught anything, you know what that's like. But then Jesus took care of their problem, got them some fish, made them some breakfast. But it got me thinking as I was going through this, and what part of my life Am I ready to jump off the boat to meet Jesus? Do I need to be ready to jump off the boat and meet Jesus? In what part of my life do I need Jesus to show up and give me the instructions on what to do? I want, I want you to think about that. What situation are you in right now that might be disappointing to you? 
In what situation are you looking around and the sun is coming up and you know you're going to fail? You know it's not going to go your way. Now, if you, if you don't know this, you should probably start looking into this, figure it out. Start thinking about this now and ask Jesus where you need his help. Then get the instructions from him and then swim over to him as fast as you can. Because not only will he give you the solution to the problem, but he will care for you when you sit with him. Maybe you'll end up with some delicious fish tacos, who knows? But this is just the start of things when we are talking about building on belief. So here in this series, when we, we need to find ourselves believing in Jesus. Yes, we can hand things over to him to take care of us. We need to believe in that. But also, he's going to ask us to do things as well. But he's going to take care of us as he asks us to do that. So let's take a look at what happens when Jesus gets some alone time with Peter. There John writes, After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you to where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. So there's something in this that I've always struggled with and anytime I've gone through it is, why does Jesus keep on asking Peter the same question? Why does Jesus ask Peter the same question three times in a row? And what is the significance of that number? Well, some, through some of my studying and some of my reading and, and prayer and all this, I have a theory. So yes, Peter is incredibly excited to see Jesus, but there might be a little bit more there below the surface than just joy and excitement. I don't think the only thing Peter feels when he spends time with Jesus is joy. I mean, think about it. Peter was ready to kill someone for Jesus. He was his ride or die, right? He cut off the ear of that servant when Judas and, and the Roman army showed up to pick up Jesus. He told Jesus he would never abandon him. Then what happened? Peter denied Jesus three different times while he was on trial to be crucified. The first time Peter denied Jesus, John included what I thought was a weird detail, that it happened right next to a charcoal fire that Peter was standing next to to keep warm. So think of the pit in Peter's stomach, in the back of his mind when he interacts with the resurrected Jesus, especially when that same charcoal smell hits his nose especially when Peter needs that fire to keep warm. So the number of questions that Jesus has for Peter is three, the same number of times Peter denied Jesus. 
So in this moment, it seems to me that Jesus is giving Peter a chance to release the guilt and shame that he had in those three denials. Remember the first time in, 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 in Luke, he's like, oh Lord, I'm such a sinner, I'm so sorry. And so it's almost like in this questioning, Jesus is helping Peter deal with all of those feelings that he was carrying around. Like Peter denied three times, so a public declaration of loving Jesus three times will balance that out for our dude Peter. Author and theologian N.T. Wright explains this Peter-Jesus exchange like this. Somewhere deep down inside, there is a love for Jesus. And though goodness knows you've let him down enough times, he wants you to find that love, to give you a chance to express it, to heal the hurts and failures of the past, and give you new work to do. These are not things for you to do to earn forgiveness. Nothing can ever do that. It's grace from start to finish. They are things to do out of the joy and relief that you are already forgiven. Things we are given to do precisely as the sign that we are forgiven. So Jesus isn't asking Peter these questions for his own benefit. No, Jesus is helping Peter through what might be the greatest disappointment of his life. The day he walked away from Jesus three times. Jesus is helping Peter get rid of that guilt and shame and replace it with, you guessed it, love. Then it's through that love that Peter is given his next assignment. It's through that love that Peter is given his purpose to be the shepherd of the disciples, to follow Jesus in the way that he led them. A cool church, to build your belief in Jesus, you're going to need to do a couple of things. You're going to need to give Jesus the situation that you are stuck in. We talked about that, right? Just give it over to him, follow those instructions. And then chase after him and receive your purpose, receive your healing. This is the best way for you to get started building on belief. This is how we can be sturdy this year and every year after that. So listen to Jesus' instruction in your life. Jump in the water. Sit next to him. Let him feed you. Let him lead you to forgiveness. Let him lead you into real healing. Let him give you the purpose for your life and let him show you how you can build on your belief. Now, for some of you, you don't have belief to start with. And well, if that's you, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad that somehow, some way, you ended up listening to this. And what I wanna do is help walk you through that. So if you believe, even if it's like only 1% belief, then Jesus can work with that. So right now, I'd like to help you confirm that belief in Jesus with a simple conversation that you'll have with him, which we would call prayer. So if you want to do that, I can help lead you in that conversation. And to help you out, I get it, this can be a little bit weird, a little scary. I'm going to ask the entire Akuo community to pray along with you while you have this conversation with Jesus, because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community with you. So just pray something like this. Just say something like this along with me just between you and Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now let's keep our heads bowed. And whether you've been a believer for the last four seconds, it just happened right now or the last four decades, 
and you want to let him help you. And you want to chase after him and receive healing and a purpose. Then pray something like this along with me. Just say, Jesus, thank you for everything you've done for me. Jesus, thank you for laying your life down for me. Thank you for loving me. Jesus, I ask you to help me out in the current situation I'm in. Jesus, just make it right. And make it happen in such an overwhelmingly awesome way that I know it's you and I can't point to anyone else. Jesus, make yourself known to me in my life. Show yourself on the shore next to the dark water I'm sitting on. Then show me the way to you. Show me the way to your warmth and your love. Jesus, thank you for the forgiveness that you have given me. Help me give it to myself for all the ways I've let you down. Allow me to give myself the same grace you extend to me as well. Jesus, give me my next steps. Give me the path you want me to take to build on my belief. Give me the direction you want me to go in to serve you in the absolutely best way possible. Jesus, thank you for everything. We love you. And we pray all of these things in your holy and mighty and awesome and loving and amazing name of Jesus. Amen. Now, before you go, there are a few things I do want to share with you. The first thing I want to talk about are our community groups. Each and every week, we have multiple groups meeting up all around our area, and we want you to be a part of one. Now, what you can do is you can go onto our website. You can see all the groups that we currently have available by going to our website, akuo.church slash community. That's akuo.church slash community. Now, joining one of these groups might be the best thing that you ever do while you're here at Akuo, outside of like believing, right? Because this is a chance where you get to sit down and love on some people and be loved on by some people. Now, we also have some very exciting news um, a big-time event coming up on May the 22nd. We will be doing child dedications. So here at Akuo, what we, we won't uh, be doing infant or baby baptisms because we believe that a person should be able to make their own decision to follow Jesus. So they go ahead and do a believer's baptism. They, they go on their own will to do it like that. So for babies and children, we will be celebrating child dedications. And it's okay if like you've got like a 16-year-old kid. If you want to dedicate them, bring them on down. Child dedications are a time that parents will bring up their kids to the front of the church and declare that they will raise their children or their child in the ways of Jesus. Again, this will be happening during our service on May the 22nd. So if you have one or more kids that you would like to dedicate, you can sign up now for that by clicking on our website or by looking at any of our social media pages and clicking on the links that we have available there. Also, because this is such a fun day, be sure to tell all of your friends and family that they are invited to come and celebrate this child dedication alongside us. We would love to see them all there. Now, Akuo, we wouldn't be able to do any of these things without you and your generosity to Akuo Church. So thank you so much. 
for making a sacrifice to be generous to a Kuo church. Now, I don't care how you're doing it, what amount, whatever it is. I just want you to be sure to be listening to God to see what he wants you to be giving. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, like maybe you haven't heard from God yet, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here to Kuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first root 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a great place for you to start. Now, sacrificial giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family with all the resources that you have, and that's okay. If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you. What we wanna do is be linked to you during your tough time. That's what the church exists for. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know because we would love to help them out. All you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send me an email directly at humby.sedveta.akuo.church, or you can send an email to help at akuo.church, and we'll go ahead and figure out how to help you out. Or you can also call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here to Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow all the instructions that you'll see on the screen. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text the word AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you wanna give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't wanna give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to AKUO at PO box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas. 78201. Now, before we go, just I want you to allow me to pray over you one last time. So, uh, Jesus, as, as we leave here and as, as we turn off our phones, put our phones away, and close up our laptops and turn off our TVs, I, I pray that you would be speaking to these people this week. Every single person that hears my voice, I pray that you would be speaking to them. I pray that you would show yourself on the shore so they can know exactly where to swim to, Lord. I pray that you would give them the exact instructions to build on their belief. I pray that you would give them the strength and the love to show everyone around them that they believe in you and they love you so much. And Jesus, we thank you for everything and we love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. We will see you at a community group this week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.